Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody how you doing well that's good Woo! you're listening to phly flyers that's right phly my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter charlie o'connor will be uh joining me eventually once he uh wraps up his capital j journalism duties down at the wells fargo center after what was a uh surprising and well-played victory for our Philadelphia Flyers. You heard the victory. Woo. That's right. It's this team might not be a a, a fluke right now. They just beat the Edmonton Oilers co-favorites to win the Western conference. Uh, You can bet that on DraftKings. Talk to you about them in just a minute, but I got to say, I'm, I'm impressed with this team. And before we start going into the, oh, my God, they're screwing up the rebuild. The tank is dead. One, they told us they were never going to tank. Two, they started the season with the exact same record last year, 3-1-0. I think they got to 5-2-0 in the first couple weeks of the season, and we all know how that went. They were the seventh worst team in a year where half the league was like, actually, it's good to be bad. Uh, So uh, (laughs) we're not not just going, oh, the rebuild is dead yet. That is at least not my take from this game. My take from this game is – I'm happy to see the boys buzzing out there. They look like a different team from last year. The uh, John Tortorella structure is in place. It is very obvious the the impact that Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson have on this team now that they are back in the lineup. They are uh, a force, uh, both of them, in all three zones, and I think that was apparent tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm watching right now. It's good, fun hockey. And if it means a couple extra points and a couple or a few, a a few less tickets in that, uh, in that lottery, so be it. So be it. If this team, if that, if it means that they are ahead of schedule, if some of these guys in the lineup right now are going to be part of the solution, if there's more NHL ready players who can affect wins and losses in this lineup than we thought, it's not a bad thing for them to be playing this well early on. Uh, No shade. To anybody out there who is just on Team Tank, listen, I understand. They even mentioned it on the broadcast. Bucci uh, going on about, well, you know, they're hoping to be back at the top of the draft again and get another stud to match with Mishkov and Gauthier. I think we're all still there, but it's kind of fun thinking about a uh, thinking about an actually good hockey team. So while it's uh, no shade at the rebuild. You know where you can get some shade, some really good shade. It's Shady Rays. Uh, Listen, gear up for the season ahead with quality shades built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures. 
temperatures. And if you're into winter sports, their quick swap snow lenses switch easily from full sun to low light. Don't let changing light conditions slow you down on the slopes when all you need is shady rays goggles. Uh, listen, I am, uh, I spend a lot of money on sunglasses. It's, it's one of my, one of my things that I just like t-shirts, hats, sunglasses. I can't stop overspending on those things. The, uh, thank you very much, my friends at PHLY for allowing this not to be like a destructive habit of mine, but I got these shady raised glasses and suddenly I'm like, Ooh, what am I doing? Spending all this money on sunglasses, these expensive brand name pairs when <laughs> I could just get these and they're like half or more than less than half the cost. So uh, make sure you check out Shady Rays, but that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacement. If you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back. They have your back long after you purchase. Shady Rays is also committed to making a difference in communities across the U.S. through their impact program, teaming up with nonprofits to help people live healthy, courageous lives through some of the most challenging times. Listen, if you don't love your Shady Rays exchange for a new pair, return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back with personal and fast support. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHLY, that's code PHLY, for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized glasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. So basically the number of people who were in South Philly on uh, on Tuesday night, that's how many people have given Shady Rays five stars. All right, let's get back to the uh, that Flyers game. Um, I guess I have to start with... With Carter Hart, man, uh, questions coming about him into the season. Uh, I, I think we're all kind of on the same page about Carter Hart with, you know, black cloud looming over him, notwithstanding uh, in terms of his on ice play through the last couple of seasons, through the turmoil, the ups and downs. I believe Carter Hart has proven he is at the very least, a number one NHL goaltender. For most of the 32 teams, they would take him as their starter. Ask Edmonton right now, you know, a, a, one of the cup favorites, if they would take Carter Hart, absolutely. But this year and in the next, you know, as long as he resigns and stays, it's, it's a look at, okay, can he go from, yeah, he's a number one to, oh, star goaltender, guy who doesn't just keep you in games but steals you games, you know, to win a cup, your goalie has to steal you one game in every series, and they have to steal you one whole series. We hear these cliches all the time. Is Carter Hart that guy? Well, the first couple games of the season, he started all four, and I think he's showing signs that maybe he's making that move forward. I'm going to ask Charlie O'Connor when he joins us if that's what he's seeing out of Carter because uh, he's been very good to start this season, but so too has the Flyers' defense. You know, they had he had the 25-save uh, shutout against Vancouver on Tuesday. It's like, oh, well, you know, they only gave up 25, but he stopped all the shots he had to stop. Only allowed 23 shots to the Edmonton Oilers tonight. One of the most high-powered offenses in the league. Outshot them by 10. And that's with uh, Edmonton getting a pair of power play opportunities. Very good discipline not to put Dreisaitl and, uh, and McDavid on the power play. I heard a crazy stat earlier uh, this afternoon. Uh, Might have been on Puck Soup. It was on something I was listening to. Leon Dreisaitl is the Edmonton Oilers all-time leader in power play goals. That's right. More than Gretzky, more than Messier, more than Curry. He has eclipsed that mark. That's how good in a short amount of time this, uh, this Edmonton power play is. So only giving them the two opportunities and killing both, I think was huge. And man, it's, uh, Starting to look like John Tortorella really knows what he's doing. And yes, would I love to get both young defensemen in the lineup every night? Obviously, if there was a way to get Frost, Brink, and Forster in the lineup every night, I would want that. But right now, just playing good hockey and building the confidence of the players who are on the ice, whether it's on a nightly basis, whether they're part of a rotation, that's what this is all about. More so than 
you know, oh, we got to lose so we can get the high pick. That's going to come. It's not like they're not going to be a lottery team. Now, <laughs> maybe it's going to be a high lottery pick, but we all know how that worked out. Listen, 2017, they were supposed to pick 13th. They picked second. Uh, <laughs> did it, you know, that was a disaster for us because we got Nolan Patrick, but still it, it can happen. Teams jump up in the lottery all the time. But when they talk about instilling a culture, uh, we're going to play hard every night, the, the Flyers way, John Tortorella way, whatever it's going to be, instilling the correct compete level is just as important as acquiring the talent. They're going to figure out a way to get the talent they need. Uh, talking to Dan Hilferty, as we did a few, was it Monday at the, uh, at the unveiling of the renovations at the Wells Fargo Center, he, he had a, a media scrum. It may or may not be in our YouTube, his comments. Uh, but we also talked to Keith Jones that night. Charlie had a couple-minute one-on-one with him. They both acknowledge that it's going to be, you know, some time. It's going to take a while for them to be where they want to be. They know the big picture is still this is a rebuilding team. And as long as that remains the big picture, I, I can't argue about, oh, hell, you know, they're going out to win. Yeah, I want the players on the ice to try to win. I want a winning culture instilled in these guys. I want there to be a competition for ice time. And that's what we're getting right now. That's not to say this all can't fall apart. They could go on a 10-game losing streak starting on Saturday. Uh, when you look at the upcoming schedule they have, it's not even all that out of the realm of possibility. I mean, yes, they are uh, they are three and one to start the season. Again, they started with the same record last year. But will anybody be surprised if they're five and four when Halloween rolls around? Like they have Dallas, Vegas, Minnesota, Anaheim, and Carolina in their next five. Like they could be five and four, four and five by the end of next week easily and then they start the month of november home and home against buffalo then they have la on the back end of a back-to-back i don't think they're going to be able to keep up i don't think they're going to be able to keep up the uh the pace they're on but i'm just really liking seeing a uh, a competing team right now and i'm seeing some of the comments you can't out tank the ducks or the hawks from uh ryan and Corey, and it's that's the beauty of the Eastern Conference is, yeah, those West teams are going to be bad, and they are going to probably get pounded into the ground by the rest of the Western Conference because it's very solid out there. But you look at this East, I don't know, Columbus stinks. We'll see uh, Montreal not very good, but like the Flyers could have the same points total as last year, around 75 again. And not be seventh worst. They could be third, fourth, fifth worst simply because the East is so deep and the East is so good that they're going to just be so far behind everyone. Hell, even if they're 10 points up on Montreal, they could be the second worst team in the East. You know, like all these things are within the realm of possibility. So I'm not like, listen, I'm... I'm part of this team needs more talent. They need to draft it. They need to draft and develop. A rebuild means you become Colorado. You become uh, one of these teams that is built through the draft, like Tampa Bay. That's the level of talent. Multiple top five picks. And then hit on your late guys, too. Uh, that always helps. <sighs> I just can't be too upset, though, about a, uh, about a team that's overperforming what anyone pretty much expected. And I do have people in my mentions constantly telling me like, oh, well, actually, I think they're going to be uh, closer to a bubble playoff team. Listen, if they keep this up and that's what you thought from the from the beginning of the season on, way to go. You, you're better than pretty much every um, national prognosticator. Uh, you're better than uh, freaking Charlie who thinks, you know, who covers this team day to day knows what these guys are, has followed a lot of their full careers and thought that they were going to be a bottom five team this year. So it's very difficult to, uh, it, it, it's, it's very difficult to draw a lot from early season success. You know, I think Calgary started five and one last year. We all know how their season went and flyers are kind of getting very, very good goaltending right now. Uh, Carter Hart came into the game with a like nine twenty one save percentage. 
He uh, stopped 22 of 23 tonight, 957. So you got to believe that 921 is going up uh, probably pretty dramatically considering he's only started four games. I doubt that they're going to get 940 goaltending the rest of the year to kind of sustain this level. So my, my advice to everybody is kind of just enjoy what we're seeing right now. Enjoy seeing a team that's outperforming what basically anybody thought, you know, uh, right before the third period started, went on DraftKings, saw Flyers at plus 750 to make the playoffs. So if you're, if you're on board, if you think this team's going to go, you can make yourself a pretty penny betting on them just to get in at plus, uh, plus 750. Uh, but that's not all you can do with DraftKings. Listen, the NFL is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer sheet that's eat with an offer. My mind's on hockey. Think an offer sheet, Elias Pettersson. But no, uh, let's start over. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. So get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code PHLY only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee, partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, that one, the uh, the disclaimer looms larger when I can't just look at Charlie and be like, I need to drink water. You need to give me like 13 seconds worth of uh, worth of content here. But I want to get back to this game. I want to take a look at my uh, my three stars of this one and just... For reference sake, I believe that the yeah the three stars for the game on uh, according you know to the home scores were Carter Hart at number three, uh, one goal against, nine fifty seven save percentage. Uh, Owen Tippett with his pair of assists, and Cam Atkinson was star number one with his two goals. Uh, mine. I have Sean Couturier coming in at star number three just to uh, to spring Walker on that shorthanded goal uh, to get the takeaway off of. Connor McDavid, I thought was super impressive. And man, again, as much as we want to see this team maybe bottom out, get near the top of the draft, have a chance to draft one, two, or three, get a stud defenseman, get Macklin Celebrini, whatever it might be. Sean, Cout Sean Couturier is signed through the end of the decade, and he has a full no movement clause. They badly need him to be good. It's very, very important that he maintains maintains some level of the player he was, uh, you know, what, two years ago prior to the back surgeries. And thus far, hard to argue with the idea that he has uh, he has fallen off in any way. You know, again, it's early in the season. He hasn't really been banged up. But when you see him with a game like tonight, uh, a matched up home game, you know, they're going to get him on the ice as much as possible against Connor McDavid and McDavid is held, uh, you know, held off the score sheet the way he was. He did. Did he record? He did record a secondary assist on the Hyman goal, uh, but you, you keep him out of the back of the net. You neutralize both he and dry to the best of their abilities. Man, that's huge for this team. Sean Couturier is most likely going to be here for the uh, duration of this contract. It's guys don't like to move, and he seems really committed. He came up under G. We know it was pretty important to G to play for Philly his whole career. He didn't get that opportunity. Sean Couturier wants to be franchise legend Sean Couturier, I think, and he's off to a great start. So that's star number three for me. Star number two with the two goals, Cam Atkinson. Awesome to see him. Uh, awesome to see him really 
again, back to the form he left us at, uh, looking like the guy we saw last prior to the injuries. Couple of goals tonight. Um, I would love, as much as, you know, yeah, Coots, he's going to be here no matter what. I would love to see Cam Atkinson play at basically the height of his abilities and that creates some real trade value, whether you have to cover some of his contract or not. A team will come knocking for secondary scoring, a penalty kill weapon like Cam Atkinson. A team will come knocking, and you might be able to get a pretty decent return for Cam Atkinson. So it's a really good start for him. Three goals already. Uh, very happy. So he's star number two of the night for me. And number one, uh, not the most taxing of nights, but anytime you can hold the Edmonton Oilers to one goal. Your goalie came up huge. So I'm going to give it to Carter Hart, star number one for me. And like I started the show saying, he's he's the guy, man. He's he's this team's number one goalie. I We, we talked quite a bit coming into this season. Okay, well, we know they like uh, Sam Erson better than they liked Felix Sandstrom. They basically told us that last year, but it was, well, we want Sam to play in the AHL, continue developing when he made the team out of camp, I assumed, all right, that means it's going to be more of an even split. They're going to figure out ways to get him in the games. And I assume he's going to start one of the next two uh, with Dallas and Vegas that are going to go out on this road trip. Can't imagine, you know, first six games go by and we don't see the backup goaltender once. But it doesn't look like as of now, this is a 1A, 1B sort of situation. They're going to ride Carter Hart. I really believe that. And... If they end up resigning him at the end of the year, if he wants to resign, be part of this thing, it's on him to have a great year to make sure that contract is what it is. But I am very much looking forward to seeing Erson uh, when we do get to see him. But they're riding the number one guy, and that's why he's my number one star right now. Uh, and he's he's earned it. Carter Hart has been excellent to start this season. Uh, I didn't make Owen Tippett one of the stars of the game, and he was one of the official stars of the game. I did love what I saw out of the guy tonight. Um, he didn't score a goal, but he got an assist on the uh, the play, the first Atkinson goal, where he just makes a very, very nice play to force a turnover inside the uh, offensive zone, lowered the shoulder to protect the puck, then powered it through to the net to set up Cam Atkinson in front. That's what I want to see. The goals are going to come for Tippett. Uh, but I, I just need to see him imposing his will more regularly on the opposition the way we did, the way we saw him do last season. And he did that tonight. Uh, I think he's really starting to heat up. The goals are going to come for Tippett. I'm not worried about that. He's playing the right way right now, and that'll go a long way. So, yeah, you know, you're penciling this guy in for 30. When Charlie talked to Jim Jackson uh, prior to the season, Jim's like, I think – I think Owen Tippett's going for 40. It's still on the table. You know, he has a <laughs> he has two goals. He has like three goals over the next two. He's right on pace again to have the big year we were expecting out of him. Uh, but I did have to uh, I did have to shout out Owen Tippett because dude ruled tonight, and that's what we need to see out of him if he's going to be a piece of this thing going forward. That level of play where he's imposing his will. Uh, that's We saw him take over games, take over shifts, especially in the second half of last season. I'm glad to see that guy resurfacing again. Um, on the <laughs> When we talk about the youngsters, though, Bobby Brink is looking special. Uh, I don't think many people thought he had a, uh, a huge chance to make this team out of camp. I definitely thought it was surprising. One, how well he played in the preseason, and two, that they actually gave him the go-ahead, knowing that Tyson Forster was well ahead in that competition to win that, uh, to win basically that ninth spot in the top nine. It looked like there was one spot open and one of the two was going to get it. And it was, okay, how far ahead is Forster? How much does Brink have to beat him by? Well, they both made it, and... Since then, Bobby Brink has done absolutely nothing to make anyone believe that he's not here to stay. Uh, gets the uh, gets an assist tonight. Gets the uh, what was it? The I just blanked on what goal it was. Oh, the Faraby, the first goal of the game. Yes, absolutely. Made a very nice play to set up Joel Faraby for his goal. And I I cannot believe I did not know this about Bobby Brink. Maybe I didn't forgot. His middle name is Orr, 
The man's name is Bobby Orr Brink. Uh, yeah, there we go. DJ, DJS right there, Bobby Orr Brink. Maybe I knew this and it just slipped my mind, but I I did not know that this was a thing. At least I don't remember knowing it. I feel like I would. Uh, like this is something that would have been brought to my attention considering how much I talk about Bobby Orr, uh, having never actually seen the guy play live because he played in the 60s and 70s. Uh, but I still, like... I, I don't. I, I just can't believe it. But I also can't believe how well Brink has been playing to this point. I was kind of of the belief, and I'm a believer in his skill overall. I think he's going to be a good NHL player. But I was kind of of the belief. All right, he's on a nice little streak right now. This competition with he and Forster is going to go into the season because he earned a longer look. But ultimately, Forster is more ready. He's going to make more of an impact, and we're going to see Brink in the AHL at some point and Forster N every night part of this lineup. Well, happy to report I was wrong about that as well. Bobby Brink, I, listen, Tyson Forster has been fine, not complaining about what we've seen out of him so far. Obviously, we want to see more offense, uh, more just – just a more dynamic element to his game. You don't want him to just be fine. Uh, during his call-up last season, Forster was uh, noticeable, really, really noticeable on every shift. And I don't know if that's been the case so far, but you want to talk about noticeable. Our guy Brink, man, wearing that number 10. Uh, he's got he's got the ghost of John LeClaire in him. And I know John LeClaire is like not an old man. He's very much alive. Uh, I'm just saying he's got something going on right now. And, he needs to be a lineup lock, whether they continue to shuffle some guys in or not. Uh, but I don't think one or two bad games should result in Brink coming out of this lineup. I would very much like to see him continue to get this ice time, continue to get a shot at uh, being not just part of the future, but the here and now for this, uh, for this squad. Uh, what was his final line tonight? Bobby Brink ends with an assist. He's plus one, couple of shots on goal. Played over 17 minutes, the same ice time basically as Travis Konechny. Not many guys played more than no, let's see, Cam Atkinson, 1836. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Couturier, 1956. Konechny, 1710. And then Bobby Brink, 1706. So fourth most ice time amongst the forwards. It's not just us who are impressed with, uh, with the youngster. It is the coach as well. And we know that's the most important thing. Um, we can talk about a triumvirate. We can talk about Keith Jones. We can talk about Danny Briere and their authority. But the guy you need to impress most is John Tortorella if you want to be a part of this. And Brink certainly has. I mean, we're seeing it right here with the ice time tonight, the way he's just kind of been all over the place. He looks like more of a difference maker early than I expected. He looks like what I expected out of Tyson Forster. Uh, Forster tonight does not record any points, uh, is an even on the night, no hits, one shot on goal, 14.07 time on ice. So Bobby Brink, uh, three more minutes. Uh, then, uh, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but in terms of ice time distribution, three minutes is the difference between top six and bottom six. So very happy to see Brink breaking out. Want to see more of Tyson Forster. Uh, but yeah, like K-Red says, Forster looks all right. Seems to be telegraphing the hell out of his shots lately, but I think he just needs to get one. I'm seeing that too. Uh, he's so badly, listen, he knows. He knows he's in a competition for ice time, and he's a little fortunate right now that the coach just doesn't want to play Morgan Frost. Uh, so he's going to be in there, and he's going to get every opportunity because the coach very much likes him as I drop my phone. Uh, the coach very much likes him, so he's going to give Forster the opportunities. But it seems like he just has to put one in, and then it's going to take off from there. That's what I'm seeing. I'm definitely seeing what's uh, what you are. And Corey asks, now that we bring up Morgan Frost, do you think Frost eventually gets traded? You know, it's a hell of a question, Corey. I don't know what sort of value he has. Uh, maybe when we see Ottawa come to terms with Shane Pinto and they have to move Matthew Joseph, maybe he's part of the equation going the other way because that's his spot. I I'm very, very interested to see, but the longer this scratching goes for Morgan Frost uh, and they win again and they do so pretty impressively, so it would be 
a bit of a surprise to see the coach change up the lineup after beating after beating Vancouver and Edmonton fairly handily. Um, the longer this goes, you have to believe the the less content Morgan Frost is going to be. And I'm not saying he's a uh, any kind of locker room issue. He's a malcontent. He's going to make his feelings. We we heard from Morgan Frost, I believe earlier today, and he's handling it very professionally. He says, "I know I have to play better." Believes he's going to draw back into the lineup sooner than later. But you're just looking at this thing and going, "All right, Gauthier." playing center and doing it pretty well in college, <laughs> there might not be a spot for him come spring. You know, if, if, if Cutter joins this team and he does so as a center when the college season ends uh, before the end of the NHL regular season, uh, that's another odd man out situation for, for Morgan Frost. So, like, in the, in the immediate future, is Morgan Frost going to get traded? I'd be surprised. Uh, but surprising shit happens all the time. You know, this is the Flyers. It was how how quickly into the season in 2010 were they like, oh, yeah, Steve Eminger ain't working out. Let's swap him. Let's swap him for Matt Carl. You know, it's it, nothing happens. It's slow start. You're not going to see many trades. And then suddenly switch flips. So it's it's a definite possibility. Probably, I would guess, post holiday roster freeze you know post christmas that time uh is when any sort of serious trade might go down but the uh the ottawa situation with with shane pinto still unsigned and them having to figure out cap space or whatever if you can bring in say a matthew joseph if you can maybe take on another contract to create room so they can take morgan frost it's not out of the realm of possibility and joining me now is the man, the myth, the legend, Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter. It's Charlie O'Connor. Charlie, playoffs? Oh, geez. Of course that's the first thing you're going to say, right? It will be <laughs> after every win until they lose their, you know, until they go on their annual 10-game losing streak. <laughs> they look real good tonight. I, there's there's literally nothing you can say to that, to complain about this one. It's kind of reminiscent of a, well, I guess really reminiscent of the other two good games, the Columbus game. You know, maybe there were a few breakdowns, but the Vancouver game was pretty much a start to finish strong game, and so is this one. And this is obviously against a significantly better opponent. So, I thought the Flyers did a fantastic job shutting down McDavid. Obviously, Sean Gattieri got the bulk of that assignment. So did the uh, the top pair of Travis Sanheim and Cam York, and. I thought uh, as a five-man unit, they just did a fantastic job. They absolutely did. And that's where I want to start with Sean Couturier. I saw you tweet and I made a joke underneath it because that's what I do. Uh, forget right. the Selkie trophy. It's all about it's all about Sean Walker getting that Ashby trophy this year, my friend. Uh, uh, but <laughs> Sean Couturier, I I'm not going to say he's, oh yeah, he's 100% back, but He's like 95% back. He looks like Sean Couturier. He gets, yeah. he gets a takeaway off of Connor McDavid to spring a shorthanded goal attempt and it, or a shorthanded goal chance that results in a nice snipe by Sean Walker. Um, what can you tell me about Sean Couturier right now? Well, I think to me it's just the fact that he does look like the same dude. Like I'm, I'm not even going to, to qualify that anymore. He looks like the same guy. He does. He looks like the exact same guy as, as he did two years ago. He doesn't look any slower. He doesn't look any less strong. And he's making the exact same type of plays that he made back, you know, in, in 2020 and 2021 before the injury. I I don't see any sign of this guy slipping. And, you know, yeah, maybe he's not making quite as many offensive plays yet. But that play that he made to Walker, you know, I would say probably 95 out of 100 players in the NHL, they they are so jacked that they just stripped Connor McDavid. They just shoot that puck off the off the boards down the ice and take their clear and they're good. What does Sean Gutierrez do? He leads Sean Walker with a gorgeous pass to, to open ice to send him down the ice. Now, granted, 
Campbell probably should have made that save. You know, it's a it's a short side snipe. Sean Walker is not exactly a guy with a massive wrist shot. Like that's a shot that you should stop. But at the very least, what that play does, what that play that Sean Gattari uh, made, what that does, it kills another 10, 15 seconds, maybe 20 seconds off off the power play, off of easily the most dynamic power play in hockey. And that's not a play that the vast majority of NHL players even think to make. They're just so happy that they made one good play. They're not even going to try to make a second good play. Couturier, it just it, he does he does it without even thinking. It's just like, well, obviously, Sean Walker's right there. I know exactly where my teammates are. A teammate who, by the way, what's this? His fourth game playing on the same team as Sean Walker. He immediately knew exactly what he was going to do and just gets in the puck, and then good things happen. Now, again. Couldn't have predicted that Sean Walker's going to score there, but you could predict that he was going to kill a lot more time. And and that's just Sean Gutierrez. It's just Sean Gutierrez being Sean Gutierrez. I have a, a few more, obviously, about the game tonight, but we just got a question asking about the uh, the atmosphere, the environment at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, someone said it looked a lot more full tonight. Uh, yeah, it's a bunch of letters. I can't read that. Uh, but <laughs> it said, he said it looked a lot more full. He wants to know about the how was the environment down at the uh, at the center. Yeah, of course it looked a lot more full. There wasn't a home Phillies playoff game going on at the same time as the game. Like, that was the reason why the place looked empty last game. It wasn't because people hate the Flyers. It wasn't because people are boycotting the Flyers. It was because the Philadelphia Phillies are pretty much the only game in town at this point, and it was impossible to get down there. The the, the atmosphere was fine tonight. It wasn't a, a completely full arena, but people were into it. You know, Gritty had the crowd going. It was was more full than it was on Tuesday, and, I mean, people seemed like they had a good time. I, I don't know how you couldn't have had a good time watching this game. The, the team played well. Pretty much everybody on the team played well, and they shut down Connor McDavid. So I would say on the whole, good environment. Uh, our guy Owen Tippett, Charlie, did not score a goal but picked up a pair of assists. And I said, like, on that, uh, on the first assist to set up the Cam Atkinson goal in front, um, like, that's what I need to see out of him. The goals will come, but he seems to be imposing his will again. He makes a play to force a turnover, lowers his shoulder to protect the puck, then powers it in the front and sets up uh, Atkinson to score. That's that's Owen Tippett's game, man, and that's what I want to see out of him. Is uh, is he starting to look like the guy who last year we went, ooh, he's going to be a part of this thing? Yeah, the uh, the pass on Atkinson's second goal was good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know that was a nice nice lead pass to send him on a breakaway. Well done, Owen Tippett. But that play on the first goal that was the that was the wow play, and not just because it was a really good pass and it was a really good maneuver, but it was because of who it's against. I mean, Evan Bouchard is a good defenseman. He's a real good young defenseman, and Owen Tippett made him look stupid on that play. I mean, he just completely destroyed him, and. You know, no, Evan Bouchard is not a superstar, but he's a darn good top four defenseman, and he's a, a major piece of Edmonton's future. And Owen Tippett made him look like a minor leaguer on that play. So, yeah, I I thought Owen Tippett showed a lot of really good signs on Tuesday in terms of getting himself going. And I thought tonight was kind of the end result of all that. Sort of the same thing with Bobby Brink, where Bobby Brink didn't necessarily score on Tuesday, but he was noticeable on almost all the shifts and then lo and behold first period he gets he gets rewarded on the score sheet but it was kind of the same thing with Tippett tonight where all the good things he did on Tuesday he saw the fruits of that pop up tonight in terms of actual actual tangible production I I think he's off to the races at this point to be honest glad you mentioned Bobby Brink Uh, he has been buzzing when he's gotten a chance in the lineup and gets the assist tonight to open things up on the Farabee goal Uh, beautiful pass to set him up nice little some good chemistry between those two it looked like what a Bobby Brink I I know we last game said oh yeah Igor Zamula I think he's played himself into being a roster staple and you know, sits tonight. Uh, so I'm not going to make like that declaration out of Bobby, but for a dude who we both went back and forth, you know, once he actually makes the team like, all right, is he just on a heater and he's going to be back in the AHL in two weeks or is his level of play sustainable? Is he actually this good? I'm not saying he's just going to be here for the next what 78 games, but he's not showing any signs of slowing down. He looks like a dude who belongs in the NHL right now. No, he looks for real. And 
you might not be willing to say that he should be out of a rotation. I'm willing to say he should be out of a rotation. I think he's been one of their better forwards at the very least for the last two games. Um, you know, maybe not the best, but he's been better than quite a few guys who are lineup locks. To me, he's he's in a position now where he should be in the lineup every night. Now, do I think they're going to do that? No, because I think, you know, eventually they're going to have to get Morgan Frost back in the lineup. So I don't think he's going to be in there every night. But he's significantly outplaying Tyson Forrester. And I, I thought during the preseason, I wasn't necessarily willing to say that was, you know, a sign of things to come. It was preseason. You know, we, we all, not all of us, but like, I remember guys like John Sim where it's like, Oh my God, this dude's amazing. And then he makes the team and it's terrible. Like, you know, you, preseason doesn't matter that much, but Brink, especially over these last two games is very much looking like a guy who can do the same, can do the same shit he was doing in preseason. He can do it in the regular season too. And it's not like this game was against a scrub team. Edmonton's a legitimate cup contender and he was doing the exact same things he was doing in preseason against a legitimate cup contender. You know, some, we just had a commenter mention that wraparound, like the fact that he almost scored on both sides Two of the, like ways. both posts wild. Like he just, he looks like a good player. Now I, I'm not getting ahead of myself here. I don't think he's looks like a great player. I don't think he's a star. Like let's not go crazy. here. No, he's not but changing he looks- the timeline of the rebuild. No, but he looks like a legitimate yeah. NHL top in the top nine forward, a guy who you want in your lineup right now, especially given the guys they are, they have, he looks like one of the better ones. So to me, I, I, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out, but I would be wanting to get him in every game because if I'm trying to win games right now, Bobby Brink helps you win games. Simple as that. Bobby Brink is helping you win games, and you've mentioned he's been significantly better than Tyson Forster, which is as big of a fan of Brink as I am, a bit of a surprise. We know coaches don't love to change lineups uh, after a win, and now this lineup has beaten, you know, at least this forward group has beaten two pretty good teams uh, back-to-back games pretty handily. When do we think Morgan Frost draws back in? Do you think we see him Saturday, or is this going to be a prolonged thing? Well, I mean, they just took apart the Edmonton Oilers. Knowing what I know about NHL coaches, yeah, I could easily see them sitting him again. I didn't think that this was going to happen, but I also didn't think that they were going to kick the shit out of the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Like, I, you know, I did not see that coming. So coaches tend to, especially with forward lines, they tend to not like to make changes if if lines are clicking. The one thing I will say is that I didn't love I didn't love the Lawton line. Um, I, I liked the Couturier line tonight a lot. I liked the Cates line a lot. I didn't love the Lawton line. So maybe that does open the door a little bit. If, you know, if you want to say, well, you know, this, that line doesn't seem to be clicking. Maybe that gives us an excuse to get, get Ross back in. That said, though, I, knowing what I know about NHL coaches, and John Tortorella very much is a traditional NHL coach in that sense, would not shock me at all if he says, hey, this group of 12 has earned another game. And then, and look, we know, we all know that John Trudorell is not one to prioritize Morgan Frost. He's just not one of his guys. So I, I don't know. I mean, could I, could I see him bringing it back in? Sure. Sitting in three straight games after, as Tortorella even admitted a couple of days ago, it's not like Frost has been awful. He's just been, there's other guys who have been better. So you could justify bringing him back in. It's just that, you know, NHL coaches tend to keep things together when team is playing this well, and the team this week is playing quite well. That's uh, we got a we got a comment from Scott Taylor that says Brink has the best hands on this team. Great hockey sense. I still think he is being underrated. Somewhere I'd like to see that skill set. We we heard all about his vision, his creativity, all of that on the broadcast tonight. Uh, Bucci was really pumping his tires. We know how much of a hockey guy or a college hockey guy he is. Um, <laughs> I would really like to see that skill set translate to the power play a bit. And I have one note on the power play here. Uh, it says this power play stinks. Uh, yeah, I, I want to give the special teams credit one for shutting down Edmonton's historic power play. I saw a stat. I said this before you joined, Charlie. Leon Dreisaitl is the all-time leader in Edmonton power play goals. Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, and Yari Curry played for this team, and Paul Coffey (laughs) played for this team in the 80s when the goalies were wearing basically bedroom pillows on their legs and didn't know they were allowed to take away the bottom of the net. 
Like <laughs> he, this is an unbelievable power play uh, and great, uh, great work only to take two penalties, excellent discipline and the special teams and Carter Hart did the rest killing the two, but the power play itself oh for four. And there was a couple, I was like, Oh shit. I forgot we were on the power play. Do you think this is going to be something they can get to turned around at some point? Well, I, look, I don't think the power play is going to stay this bad. It's just not. You know, no power play is this bad, and it's been horrible. But if you're expecting – look, I, I understand why people on Twitter – I understand why people on Twitter are, are going to yell for Rocky Thompson, and maybe Rocky Thompson isn't a great power play coach. But to me, like, I look at the guys they have, and I've been saying this basically since Claude Drew was no longer elite Claude Drew. If you don't have – a guy that scares other teams, your power play is going to suck. It's just not going to be good. And they're not going to, it's not going to get good. Like, I, I, I think there's a very good chance that the Flyers' power play is not above 20th in the league until Matt Bay Mitchkoff comes over. Like, sorry, that's just my belief. Because if you don't have guys that scare opposing defenses and scare opposing penalty kills, you're not going to treat them with respect. And what's going on is that opposing penalty kills do not treat the Flyers with respect. They go right at the Flyers' puck carriers because they know that none of these guys are elite enough in terms of handling the puck to be able to make them pay for it. And is it going to get better? Sure. You know, every power play is going to score sometimes. They're going to be better than this. But to me, if you don't have stars, you're not going to have a good power play. Like, you're just not, and they don't have stars. I uh, got a really good question here from SportsFan91 in the chat. Was that the best game of Sanheim's career, Charlie? 20 plus, 26-plus time on ice, an assist, four shots, and shuts down McDavid and company. Uh, 97's first game without a shot in 88 straight. Sanheim has been a revelation this season, no? He's off to a great start, and I thought he was fantastic from the opening whistle tonight. He's doing everything they want him to do. He's aggressive carrying the puck. He looks so much stronger in puck battles. Like to me, it's night and day in terms of, you know, when he's behind the net in the corner battling for a puck in the past. And I'm a Travis Sanheim fan. I would expect him to lose that battle. Now I expect him to win it. And it's just a matter of the fact that he honestly put on a lot of muscle and he's, he has a different body type now than he used to. And I think having that stronger body type makes him more confident in those battles. And, so far, so good. You know, it's early. We're four games into the year. It's very easy for Travis Sanheim to start struggling. But thus far, they've given him the number one job. He is the number one. Like, not Cam York, who I expected would ultimately get the job. They've given it to Sanheim. Sanheim's running with it. Like he's, he's absolutely running with it. He's an all-situations defenseman. And he just got probably the toughest matchup an NHL defenseman can get. And he excelled in it. So, yeah, I, I have nothing bad to say about Travis Sanheim. He's been great so far this year, aside from the Ottawa game. And even the Ottawa game, like, he had good shifts in the Ottawa game. He just also had some really bad ones. The other three games, though, he's been fantastic. The whole team sucks. Like, you know, yeah. like, yeah, was he bad? Yeah, they, they lost 5-2 and looked bad the whole game. Like, you yeah, can right. kind of just chalk that one up. Uh, and Ottawa is off to a pretty damn good start. Uh, I guess the thing that has been the theme of the show thus far, and now listen, they're they're 3-1-0, which for those keeping track at home, exact same record they got off to last season when they finished with the seventh worst record in the league when half, the t when half of the NHL was tanking. So it's not as if this thing can't just fall apart tomorrow. Uh, sure. But the idea that... They're starting out strong and they have this compete level and they have veterans in the lineup who are helping them win that this is somehow betraying the direction we were told they were going in with the uh, with the rebuild and everything. And my answer to that, it's I'm drawing from on Monday, you and I went to the unveiling of the renovated locker room and all the new stuff that they've done at the Wells Fargo Center. And we got a chance to speak with Keith Jones and Dan Hilferty. And they are, it seems, maybe they're just lowering expectations so everyone can go, oh my God, they're ahead of schedule everywhere. But they're keeping, as Jalen Hurts would say, the main thing, the main thing. Whenever you ask about the team, they go, it's going to take a while for us to be where we want to be. Like they preface everything with, listen, it's going to be a while. As long as that is the mindset of the organization, I don't know about you, but yes, they need more high-end talent. They absolutely need, hopefully, to pick at the top of the draft and get guys that way. But 
man, if they pick seventh instead of third because a bunch of dudes who are going to be here, whether it be youngsters like Brink or guys signed long-term like Couturier, if they're the ones contributing to this thing, that's good, no? Yeah, I, I think I'm at the point this year, at least for now, that, like, just enjoy it. You know, like, if you're watching this team, if you've stuck it out with this team, like, don't get angry when they do well. You're allowed to be happy when the team wins games. There's more than enough time for them to lose enough games to get the player you want them to get, the quality of prospect you want them to get in the draft. But the difference between this year and last year, which is interesting, is that, yeah, last year they got off to a good start. But last year they got off to a good start because Carter Hart was standing on his head. They were getting outshot and outchanced like crazy. So far this year, with the in three out of the four games, they've outplayed the opponent. Yeah, they got killed in Ottawa. And you're going to have games like that. Because as I tweeted out during the game, this team's weakness is their defense. It's their defense and their blue line core in the sense that they don't really have a lot of legitimately good puck movers. And the couple puck movers they do have are guys that can have awful games. Second like Travis Anheim. Yeah. We've seen yeah, we've seen him have bad games. Igor Zamola and Emil Andre, they can both pass. They're both rookies who are gonna have awful games. If you don't get in on the Flyers and forecheck the hell out of them, they're gonna have games like this where they make it tough for you in the neutral zone. They come at you in ways because their forward core is deep and it's pretty good. Doesn't have a superstar, but it's a pretty good deep forward core. They can do this to team. Now, I think as the season progresses, you're going to see more and more opponents figure out the right way to attack the Flyers and how to exploit their weaknesses, and they're probably going to win fewer games. But in the short term, like you just watch the Flyers shut down Connor McDavid. He didn't have a single shot on goal. Like You're allowed to enjoy that. It doesn't have to be, well, we were sold a bill of goods because you told us it was a rebuild and now we're better than we think we were. Like, that, that's not a bad thing. I, I, I very much agree. And as someone like you and I always say, we have to watch every game. And you know what sucks is watching bad hockey. It's very, yeah. very tough to watch regardless Would not of, recommend. Like, yeah, it's, it stinks. <laughs> and I know because we've been watching it for years. Uh, I've got a couple more comments here for you, Charlie, and then I can, uh, I can let you go and we can wrap things up. Uh, so we talked about Sanheim. He played 27.03 according to the uh, final stat sheet. York played 26 and a half minutes. We got 22 and a half out of Walker, 18 out of Sealer. And then uh, Emil Andre, 12 minutes. And Mark Stahl. Under seven and a half is the time coming. Is the time coming, Charlie? He got six defenseman minutes tonight. Uh, well, he got Andre hurt. played so, more. Yeah, well, that was the big thing. He got hurt. He, yeah. he, got, he got hurt. He got hurt in the second period, um, out for the rest of the game, and we'll see. You know, we asked Tortorella for an update on Mark Stahl after the game. He said he had no update. They canceled practice for tomorrow, so we're not going to get an update tomorrow. And then they go on the road. So, I mean, I'm not going to be on that trip, so I'm not going to be able to make, to ask those questions in person. But presumably, at least by Saturday, they're playing against Dallas on Saturday. They're going to have to have some sort of update, whether he's in the lineup or not. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, like, in no way, shape, or form am I ever going to be rooting for a guy to get injured. I know a lot of people have been screaming and yelling about Mark Stahl. I don't think it's a good thing if he's out for a long period of time. But what I will say is that, I do think that there was maybe a feeling in the organization that some of these lineup logjam problems were probably going to solve themselves when guys inevitably got injured because it's hockey, it's a physical sport, and guys get hurt. And Ristolainen is looking like he's getting closer to coming back. He very well might just slide right in for, for Mark Stahl. And then suddenly, what we thought was going to be a, oh my God, how are they going to get the kids playing time? then just turns back into status quo with Ristolainen and back. So, like, I, I don't know. As I said, I'm not rooting for guys to get hurt. I'm just saying that guys getting hurt is part of the reality of having an NHL team. And if Mark Stahl is out for, an, you know, a little bit of time or a long bit of time, we're not sure, that does open up spaces for kids who are probably more important to, not probably, definitely, more important to the future of the organization than Mark Stahl is. 
It's that, listen, you never want injuries to happen, but it creates opportunity. We hear all the time yeah. about next man up mentality. It's a cliche for a reason. This is how guys, this is how, like, taking advantage of this opportunity is how you become a lineup staple. So here's your chance. Maybe you're not getting the ice time you want. Well, Mark Stahl's out, so go get him. Uh, uh, anything, we're going to have a full show tomorrow. I believe Steph Driver will be joining us. We'll be live at 1 o'clock. Kelly Hinkle will not be with us, which is a bummer, but we will have three quarters of the old BSH radio crew together. Uh, so we'll have full reactions and everything. But before I let you go, Charlie, you did the uh, coaches press conference, all that stuff. Anything funny or interesting come out of Tortorella tonight? Any good quotes? <laughs> I mean, the one funny thing was that uh, the question, the, fir- the very first question, which was wild to me, um, was a question of whether um, Tortorella was going to give uh, Couturier or Atkinson an A. Um, due to their play in the early season. And his one-word answer was no. So there you go. Beautiful. That's uh, (laughs) – Charlie, you just – First you just question. knocked that one out of the park. So very much, I appreciate you uh, joining us for tonight's post game, and I will talk to you tomorrow on our live show. Uh, make sure everyone here tunes in live on YouTube. You can always follow us, uh, follow the podcast, all that stuff. But thank you very much, Charlie. I'll let you go. Get home. All right. Sounds good. All right. Bye, bro. Look at this man. Look, I mean, what doesn't Charlie do? And he looks good doing it. And if you want to look good, I got to tell you, I'm doing these out of order. But, I mean, <laughs> when I see a man dressed that well, I have to go with uh, – it just reminds me of Foco. Because Foco is quality, and Charlie, if nothing else, he's a quality uh, – he is a quality dressed man. Listen, Foco has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. It's red October. Hopefully we don't even have another NLCS game here in Philly. I know it didn't quite go our way tonight, but hey, yeah, it's Arizona was going to win one. That was very much a uh, must win, but we are still fired up here. It's red October. You got to get your tailgating gear, whether it's hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, anything you need for a game. And listen, baby, they got the overalls. That's right. Foco has your Phillies overalls Uh, and much more than that, too. They have team apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, anything you're looking for. Maybe you want to build a little podcast studio like the one we have here. Foco always has our back for Philly sports and they have yours too. get the best gear around by using the link in the description of the show. And for all non-presale items, use promo code PHLY. That's promo code PHLY for 10% off. FOCO, get your overalls. I really hope we get some uh, we get some very obnoxious orange Flyers overalls soon. I have not looked to see if they've put them out, but considering how popular the Phillies ones are, if I was FOCO, uh, there'd be overalls for absolutely every sport. Uh, so that's, there we go on all that. And I guess just to follow up with what Charlie said, man, it's, it's good to enjoy the good times because we've been going through some really rough ones. And I don't think this means the rebuild is dead. They're going to end up picking 14th and all the stuff you see on Twitter. Listen, that could happen and it's going to be a bummer. I also don't know, like... If And this is looking way ahead. Again, they have, what was this, game four? So they have 78 games left this year. Um, say they do end up being closer to mediocre than, than flat-out awful. Like, Cam Atkinson's going to be gone next year. They're not going to have as many veterans. There's a question of Carter Hart's contract. Does he want to stay? Is he going to sign? He's only a restricted, but can you get something? Like, there's... There's a definite possibility that this year's team is considerably better than next year's because they'll just have more kids in the lineup next year. Like Cutter Gauthier, yes, damn good player. Sidney Crosby, his team as a rookie, flat out fucking stunk. You know, and he put up 100 points. Like, young teams typically don't win, and they're going to be even younger next year just because this thing, maybe they're an 85 or 80, 85-point team rather than a 70, 75-point team this year. That doesn't mean this thing's like just in the tank. I think there are there's a possibility they're even worse next year. So that's like my silver lining if you're really looking for, if you're really looking for, uh, oh, man, I, I don't want them to be good. I want them to pick at the top of the draft. One, two first-round picks. 
Don't forget that. They have Florida's first, so they can always move up. If, there's, if they're picking, like, seventh again, if they're picking tenth, they have that. And the Florida pick, they can get into the top five, perhaps. It's, it's on the table. Just saying, don't jump off a bridge if your team rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. This needs to be like the Sixers process. Uh, they're going to show up, and they're going to show up on game days. And you know who wants you to show up on game time? <laughs> Damn it. You know who wants you to show up on game day? It's the Game Time app. That's right. Our friends at Game Time. Listen, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Uh, most of you know I'm a huge wrestling fan AEW coming to town next Wednesday and I'm getting alerts when tickets go on sale when they show up on game time I have set up alerts to tell me when they're available so I get all the best deals delivered to my phone right away I don't have to do anything don't have to go searching where's the best no game time hooks me up that's how great the app is uh and you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section of row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so snag the tickets without the stress of game time download the game time app create an account and use code phly for 20 dollars off your first purchase Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Got all four in again. Very proud of myself for not forgetting any. Uh, the traffic log said do game time before FOCO, but who's paying attention? You know, I don't think they're going to ding me for that one. Uh, so that will basically do. How much time are we at here? Oh, 59. I am doing a great job of nailing these times in my head. I got to tell you. Thank you very much. To Bree for putting in the overtime today. You've done an excellent job as the producer, as always. Thank you to Charlie O'Connor. Again, we'll be live tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Uh, Steph Driver from Broad Street Hockey will be joining the show. I should have worn my should have worn this shirt tomorrow, but I, I got it in the mail today, and I really wanted to show it off because I'm a, I'm a wrestling mark. Uh, so that'll do it. My name is Bill Matz. Uh, follow us, YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff, et cetera. Uh, ring the bell, Phils. <laughs> City like the mayor.